Hey everyone! Thanks for stopping by for another episode of Grappling with Popular Belief. If you all have been listening to my podcast so far, you know how much I love talking about how important relationships are. I'm not talking about the lovey-dovey, mushy, romantic relationships when I use that word. I'm talking about all relationships. Friends, brothers and sisters, coworkers, the friendly banter you have with your mailman. <laughs> Relationships and connection are our foundation in order to learn, to grow, and to function as healthy human beings, we require connection. We absolutely can not do this alone. So don't let anyone fool you with the idea that you can. As with any other GPB episode, and yes, I'm very cool and I'm using an acronym now to describe my podcast, (laughs) there are things to grapple with here. I want you to think about the last time that you had a bad day or had something unfortunate happen to you or just were feeling kind of down and needy. Did you think about reaching out to a friend? Did you feel an aversion towards reaching out to other people because maybe you didn't want to be a burden or maybe you felt like you needed to be strong and for some reason we've been bludgeoned with the idea that reaching out means that we are weak. Maybe you thought about reaching out and there was a wave of guilt that rode over you as you contemplated what to do. Unfortunately, I think that's a pretty common experience for people. As we float around our universe, we are surrounded by so many different forms of messaging. Some of that messaging tells us that we should be self-sufficient, we need to be fully independent, and that sharing our baggage is a sign of weakness. It's all actually really baffling to me because humans are one of the only species that are born without the ability to function without others. Imagine a baby being born and placed in this world to fend for themselves. Imagine if they didn't have a caregiver to show them how to eat or to give them baths or comfort them or just carry them around the world. They couldn't survive. We cannot survive without other people even from the very beginning. We require modeling from others to show us how to eat, drink, manage emotions, and function throughout our lives. I don't think we really realize how much that what we see from our caregivers early on teaches us how to think, teaches us how to feel. We really need connection for learning and growing and developing. An interesting thing is that we really learn best in the context of a happy and healthy relationship. It's not surprising to see, though. I mean, if you think about it, a child who's raised in a family situation that does not provide strong and healthy relationships are going to be a little bit more likely to struggle with their physical and mental health throughout their lives. They may even struggle with forming relationships because guess what? Our relationships with our caregivers are the first place that we learn how to treat others that we are connecting with. Another example, aside from our caregivers, 
is one that I think a lot of people could probably relate to. Think back to growing up and going to grade school. Dig deep into your memory banks and see if you can remember any of your educators. Which teachers have you kept in your brain? Which ones do you remember still? It wouldn't be surprising if the ones that you remembered the most are the ones that you were especially fond of. Those are the ones that tend to make a bigger impact to us. We tend to remember their names. We tend to remember how they made us feel. And often those are the teachers that help us build self-esteem and help us feel like we are able to learn and grow and be productive people. Feeling supported and like someone is on your team is a huge, hugely important part of development. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about a very popular study. Most of you have probably heard of it before and are familiar with it, but I think it's an important thing to bring up here. It's the ACE studies. That's A-C-E, Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. I won't go into the whole thing because there's definitely a lot and we could talk about it for a couple days probably. <laughs> the ACE studies started with a very large longitudinal study conducted in Southern California in the mid-1990s. It was a huge study that looked at the relationship between childhood trauma and health outcomes throughout life. This study yielded some crazy results. <laughs> the results showed us that there are strong correlations between having adverse childhood experiences, such as being physically abused as a child, emotionally abused, around a lot of domestic violence and other related things, that experiencing those things significantly increased people's risks of having long-term health issues and mental health issues and strongly increased their risk of attempting suicide. So this was a very important study in mental health and it gave us a lot of information that has helped create a lot of new programs, jobs for mental health professionals. This may seem a little tangential with my topic today, but there is a connection here that I'm trying to make. <laughs> so the other thing about the ACE studies is that it created a lot of follow-up studies. Some of the things that researchers really began to focus on are looking at different risk factors and protective factors that help mitigate these adverse childhood experiences. So although someone might deal with a lot of adversity through their childhood, this may increase their risk for difficulties throughout their lives, but that doesn't mean that they are absolutely going to struggle with their physical and mental health. It can help act against those risk factors that we see with the adverse childhood experiences. So one of the big protective factors, of course, is having one person in your life throughout your development that you have a strong relationship with. This person can be a caregiver, sometimes it's a coach or a teacher, or even a social worker like me. <laughs> The important thing is that this person is your cheerleader. This person is supporting you and showing that they are truly invested in your well-being. 
And just having that one person can be a huge protective factor against all kinds of tough stuff that someone may experience. So a lot of this stuff seems kind of obvious. So we feel better when we're in positive relationships and when we have people supporting us, we do better. Yes, of course. So why all of the aversion towards leaning on each other and asking for help? I'm going to try to break this down into three categories to help organize my very excitable scatterbrain. These are my theories um, about why I think that people have an aversion towards relationships and connection and why we really push independence in our society so much to the point where it can be hard for us to reach out for help. The first thing that I think creates the aversion is our appeal towards black and white thinking. You may even be listening to this right now and thinking that I am suggesting that everyone should fully rely on others and have no autonomy in their functioning. I know that our brains want to go to extremes. They want to ignore the complexities in between. If that's what you're doing right now, I don't blame you at all. In fact, I applaud you for continuing to listen if you truly think that's what I'm suggesting. Our brains do tend to be attracted to extreme ideas or black and white thinking. It's either this or that, right or wrong, good or bad. Just look at our political system in our country and you will see how attracted we are to extreme thinking. When we look at things in this way, it makes things easier as we are able to ignore all of those complexities that truly exist. Complexities can feel kind of icky. They can be hard to figure out and they might pull at some strings in our minds and our hearts that we don't want pulled at. It can be tempting and comforting to view things as black and white, but that mindset fails to address so many pieces of the puzzle in our human experience. In this way of thinking, when we consider using our supports, it may translate in our brains to fully relying on other people, and that might create an aversion, driving us in the complete opposite direction to not want to talk to anyone and maybe isolate. Black and white thinking also affects the way that we think about how people treat us. Sometimes someone did something to us, we think that it was a bad thing that they did, and then that means that either they are bad or we are bad. And this can make us feel like maybe there's something wrong with us, or maybe there's something wrong with them. It may turn into resentment and guilt and other really uncomfortable feelings. But I think when we stop and really think about it, it's definitely a lot more complicated than that. A lot of the times, people are just responding from where they are at during that time, and often their intentions were definitely not to hurt you or create any issues between you. Another thing that I believe creates this divide is the fear of being hurt. Maybe this one is a little bit of an obvious one. I'm sure you can hear about it on some songs on the radio and uh, have been thinking about it for a long time. But our brains can tend to be adaptive and learn from experience. I mentioned that our caregivers teach us how to be in relationships with others. For some people, their caregivers may not create a lot of trust 
or a strong, secure foundation to teach us how to connect with others. We may also have relationships outside of our caregivers that teach us not to trust. Maybe someone hurts us, someone leaves us, and based on a lot of other factors in our lives at that time, we're going to respond in a certain way. And sometimes that response is to shut other people out and to not want to connect with new people. The bottom line here is, is that it can be scary and it can be uncomfortable and it can make you feel really vulnerable to open up to other people. And that's understandable. It can definitely be scary. And on top of that, Something that I've learned a lot about over the years, and I've actually worked on in my own therapy and grappled with quite a bit, is that some people in our lives are meant to be there for a little while, and that's it. Sometimes I think it's hard for us to work through the idea that someone came into our lives, made us feel happy and good and secure, whether it was romantic or just a friendship, and now they're gone. Maybe they're just not in touch with us anymore, or maybe there was conflict or a breakup. This can definitely make us feel unsettled, sometimes bad about ourselves. We can ask ourselves what we did wrong. Do they think I'm annoying? Do they think they're too good for me? Any of those things. These are hard thoughts to process and can leave, leave us feeling pretty lousy. Not wanting to feel so lousy is of course normal, And I think sometimes that leads back to my other point about not wanting to let people in anymore because we don't want to feel that pain when they leave or do something to hurt us. I definitely don't want to invalidate that pain. Someone leaving or someone hurting us or betraying us, that pain is real and it sucks and it can lead to hours of lamenting over sad music and becoming resentful over social media posts. You guys know what I mean, right? Maybe just maybe just me? <laughs> anyway, the struggle is real and it's definitely tough. On top of what I mentioned before, that people are often just responding to where they're at. Maybe they're going through their own hard time when they're making decisions. The other thing that's important is that some people are really only meant to be in our lives for a certain period of time. We are all changing so much all the time and we're growing and we're developing and moving and doing all kinds of stuff. Sometimes we just simply grow in different directions than other people. Sometimes our values just don't quite align with others anymore. And that's okay. The experiences, the lessons, the connection that we get from each of those relationships is valuable. That stuff doesn't just disappear when they do. It's not always easy, but finding ways to be grateful for those lasting pieces that remain when people leave is so helpful in putting away some of that bitterness and working through some of those defenses that we build up that keeps us from wanting to connect with people. The third thing that I think plays a huge part here is the stigma around mental health. Although I think we have come a long way in this realm, we still have a long way to go. There continues to be a huge misunderstanding around mental health and what it is and what it looks like and how important it is. Try to notice when mental health topics come up in conversations or in media. 
there's still a heavy negative energy that surrounds it. This stigma is deeply entwined with the idea that we need to be strong, self-sufficient, and never ask for help. These false ideas that mental health is not as important or not intertwined with physical health are so harmful to our functioning and also just false. It makes it really difficult to talk about our sadness, our anxiety, our symptoms of significant mental illness when there's still so much misinformation and so much stigma around it. So with all of these things that are telling us that it's not a good idea to reach out to others, it's no surprise that there is still a lot of aversion in our world towards reaching out for help and having a lot of strong connections in our life. I challenge you to stand up and fight with those ideas, grapple with them a little bit. (laughs) Remember that we all need each other. Our brains are wired for connection. We need each other. We learn from each other and we thrive in the context of healthy, strong relationships. Okay, folks, time to wrap up. I could probably go on for a couple of days about this topic and why it's so complicated in our world, but all things must end. In the next few months, I'll be taking you on a journey through human development, starting at the very beginning with the first two years of life. I'll be talking about early attachment theories and how they contest with the popular idea in our society of letting them cry it out. I'm also very excited to be inviting a friend and former colleague of mine who is well-versed in perinatal mental health to share some of his knowledge with us. It should be a super fun episode and I am looking forward to it. Following that, I'll do a couple of other episodes that focus on human development and some different topics for childhood and adolescence. Remember to subscribe, follow me on Instagram, share with your friends, and all of that fun stuff. (laughs) Thank you all for listening and for all of the awesome feedback. Until next time.